Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Garth Brooks loves Bud Light, transgenders are flashing us on the White House lawn, and nearly half of young workers are triggered by words and phrases they don't understand. I'll crown my losers of the week. Then, speaking of Bud Light, I've got a newly laid-off Budweiser employee who has a few things to get off his chest, and he will join me for an exclusive interview tonight. So grab the popcorn and the non-trans-promoting beer of your choice, and let's get into it. This has been a dark week in American history. Donald J. Trump has been indicted yet again, and Joe Biden and his crime family are getting away with their criminal enterprise still and yet again. The country is in freefall politically, economically, and morally, and in times like these, it's good to have friends in low places. Garth Brooks, my first loser this week, may need a few of those these days after he royally pissed off his fan base with this. In an interview with Billboard, he proudly proclaimed that his new Nashville bar and honky-tonk will serve Bud Light. And whatever, I mean, it's his bar, he can do what he wants. But it was the end of his statement that really pissed people off because he declared that if you were let into this house, love one another. If you're an a-hole, there are plenty of other places on Lower Broadway. So let me get this straight, Garth. You want everyone to love one another, but if you don't support the Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney mockery of women, you're an a-hole? That kind of sentiment might go over well with liberals and fans of any other music genre, but you, my friend, just like Bud Light, seem to be blissfully unaware of who your audience actually is. But speaking of transgressions, let's take a trip to historic 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, shall we? The White House, the People's House, steeped in history, tradition, American pride, and patriotism. Oh, and since Joe moved in, transgenders flashing their fake boobs on the lawn. <laughs> that was trans influencer Rose Montoya and her breasts in all their glory right there on the White House lawn. She, he, whatever, was invited to the White House as a prop for Biden's LGBTQ barbecue pride celebration. And I know you all are just shocked she would pull such a classless and grotesque stunt at such a historic and revered American landmark. Just kidding. This is par for the course. Now, after a considerable amount of backlash, Rose has now been banned from future events, but defended his, her actions, saying she wanted to show off her transformation just as the trans men were doing as they flashed their breast removal scars. Classy. Now, the White House put out a statement calling the flashing inappropriate and disrespectful and not reflective of the event we host to celebrate LGBTQI plus whatever families and their guests. What Rose did was really just prove our point that the radical arm of this newly formed rainbow mafia isn't fighting for respect and equality. They are flaunting their parts for the world to see in a sick and completely inappropriate way and then hiding behind their protected class status to pass it off as diversity and tolerance. And this is why we can't have nice things. Moving on to loser three this week. Millennials and Gen Zers who are apparently triggered by so-called workplace jargon used by older co-workers. 
According to new research from LinkedIn and Duolingo, almost half of Gen Z and millennial workers feel left out and puzzled by workplace jargon such as blue sky thinking, low hanging fruit, ducks in a row, touch base or circle back. These phrases used by older coworkers have left these youngsters perplexed because they feel like they're hearing another language. I mean, for God's sakes, these kids are so freaking whiny and also stupid. First, it was a revolt over having to return to the office in real clothes, then came quite quitting, then bare minimum Mondays, and now this. These phrases are not hard to figure out with a little common sense. And with all the slang kids these days use, most of it birthed on communist TikTok, I really don't think they have room to talk. I would say it's the pot calling the kettle black, but these idiots wouldn't know what I'm talking about anyway. I swear, this is the era of dumb and lazy. Maybe this is what happens when young people receive their educational guidance from communists and drag queens. Those are my losers of the week. Still ahead, you're all well aware of the Bud Light boycott, but we've yet to hear from someone truly on the inside. My next guest has worked at the company for 10 years, but was recently laid off, and he's ready to spill the beans and the beer. That's next. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Tommy Laren is Fearless is powered by 4Patriots. Head to 4Patriots.com and use code Tommy, T-O-M-I, for 10% off your next purchase. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So, I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya! Cheers! There it was, folks, the partnership that sank an entire iconic beer brand. And if you thought the Bud Light boycott was winding down, well, no. In fact, as of this week, Bud Light has lost its title as America's top-selling beer. For two decades, Bud Light has held that coveted spot, 
But since the brand decided to partner with a man who pretends to be a prepubescent teenage girl, it has been hemorrhaging sales, and now a Mexican beer, Modelo, has come for the throne and taken it. And while some of us are celebrating the effectiveness of the message we've sent to the brand, it does have real-life implications for the innocent employees that have been hit hard. My next guest fits that description because he's worked for Anheuser-Busch for 10 years before he was recently laid off. He's speaking out to me exclusively, but in order to keep this conversation raw and unfiltered, he's asked to keep his identity secret. But my team has verified through pay stubs that he was in fact an employee of the company, and I've got a lot of questions, so let's get into it. Sir, it's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Tommy. So I want to start at the beginning. Let's go back to that clip I played, of course, of Dylan Mulvaney. I mean, there was a lot of outrage when that clip first surfaced, but I don't think anybody expected the fallout, the backlash that we are currently seeing because of that one partnership. When you saw that ad as an employee of this company, were you thinking this was going to be trouble, danger, bad news for your brand? Uh, I didn't think it would be as aggressive as it as it is now. Right. I also want to know, because you've been an employee of that company for 10 years, and this isn't the first time that Anheuser-Busch or Bud Light has done something for pride or for gay celebrations. I mean, this isn't like the first time this has happened. But what do you think it was as an employee that has seen this evolve over the last several years what do you think it was about that Dylan Mulvaney partnership that really sent people over the edge? And were your fellow employees, were they saying anything about it behind closed doors? Uh, yes. So I'm in Houston, and pretty much majority of the employees here are not uh, supportive of this. Um, you know, we feel that it's the agenda of sexualizing children, and that's really what the problem is. That's what we don't like. So most of the, including the plant managers, are not happy with what happened because we don't support that. I mean, we'd have no problem with the, uh, you know, pride and people and their beliefs. But, you know, with the narrative of things that are being forced down everybody's throat with the sexualizing of children, that's that's where the issue lies. And majority of the people that work at the brewery feel that and agree with that sentiment. Right. Well, I can imagine that there are a lot of opinions in a company in a brand that large. But again, this kind of goes back to what were the executives thinking when they were doing this? And then, of course, after the fact, we had a video surface of uh, a marketing executive saying that Bud Light wanted to move away from the fratty appearance of just college kids and men. And I mean, that almost made it worse when you're behind closed doors, when you're talking to plant managers, when you're having meetings, when you're with the team, was there an acknowledgement of any of this, an acknowledgement of the situation, the boycott, and then the doubling down about moving away from the fratty image? What were those conversations like when all this started to kick off? So uh, everybody was upset, uh, including management. So we, we, every brewery has a plant manager that answers to corporate. And there seems to be a separation there because what corporate's doing is not reflective of what even the plant managers want. Um, and they themselves, we, we would have these meetings and it, nobody's happy about it. Everybody thinks it was a very bad idea, obviously. And, you know, the sales and, and everything shows that. So, um, I mean, they express the fact that they're, they were shocked. Why would they do this? What would, what were they thinking, especially now? This is the worst. It's like the worst timing yet 
the best timing if a company were to try to change the way it operates um, from a corporate level. So that, and that's just my opinion. And many of us are talking about that. Like, a, like, like they planned it in a way, you know, like a strategic uh, destruction of Bud Light. Okay, let's get into that because that's very interesting to me to hear. Now, we know that Anheuser-Busch has been bought by InBev, which owns a lot of brands, a lot of companies, has a lot under the umbrella. And that's when things kind of started to shift in a little bit more woke way. But you're telling me that you think that Bud Light knew this Dylan Mulvaney partnership was going to be a disaster, watched it become a disaster, and then almost sat back and let it happen because in some way the tanking of that brand would allow them to rejuvenate it somehow or resurrect it, reorder it. What do you think? Explain that theory that you have to me because that's the first time I've really heard it. So uh, when the company was bought over by InBev, a lot of things changed. When it was owned by Anheuser-Busch, um, you know, it's, it's an American brand. And one of the, you know, I don't know if it's the only companies that pays extremely well with benefits, things of that nature. When InBev bought it over, they didn't like that. So they've been trying to get rid of many uh, benefits of working for an American company like Anheuser-Busch. And they just can't because we have a strong union. Um, Bud Light has been failing for many years. Um, we've talked about that for many years. The numbers have just, you know, little by little deteriorated. And it feels like they said, let's put this nail in the coffin. And now we have a lot of layoffs, a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of loss in production. It would be easy for them to restructure, let's say, pay or contracts, which we have a contract coming up in a way that, well, we don't have the business anymore. We're going to, we're, we're forced to change these things. And that, that's kind of what everybody feels like. Like it's yeah. too obvious that they would just mistakenly, you know, do this and not expect these repercussions. I mean, I mean, anybody could tell you what was going to happen, but that's, I don't know. That's really it's wild that you're telling me that. I mean, that's the first time I've heard that, that this could actually be in, intentional that they want to get rid of some employees that they maybe want to cut some benefits renegotiate a union contract so that they're allowing the brand to fail so they can blame it on that instead of just laying people off or instead of pissing off the union and union members that's very very interesting and if true manipulative and diabolical um, i guess that's what happens when you let a giant umbrella company purchase an american brand i mean things go to hell but let's talk about the production because you mentioned that Let's talk about what it's been like. I know that you were recently laid off as in the last couple of weeks, but prior to that, I mean, this has been going on since mid-March with this controversy, this, I guess, unofficial boycott. What has production looked like? We've heard a lot of stories about they can't give away the stuff, that people are sending it back to the breweries. I mean, what have you seen firsthand of how this has affected you in the plant and your fellow employees? So majority of the pay that we make is on overtime, which is the weekend work. We get paid, you know, time and a half, double time. Um, it's very, everyone there makes three figures. So, I'm sorry, six figures. That's, you know, it's a very well-paying job. The plant runs 24-7. The only time it does not run is on Christmas and on Thanksgiving. For the last six to eight weekends, there has been no production, meaning we have 10 lines that run uh, constantly, uh, five can lines, four bottle lines, and the keg line, they've all been off. 
no weekend work. And that's what I tell you, that's unheard of. That just, it's, we've never seen it before. Um, we've lost about 900,000 barrels of beer at the end of March, no, April. And that equates to, you know, every barrel is 31 gallons of beer. So the Houston brewery alone lost 200,000 barrels of beer of production. So there's no work. We There's no beer to make. There's no one's ordering it. And the beer that's sitting there, they have to send it back because it's, you know, it gets old. You can't sell old beer. So, you know, it's, it's really taken a, a huge hit on pretty much every employee there. I mean, when you have seven people running the brewery on a weekend, that's never happened. It's just wow. unheard of. So let's go back to your union and the advocacy. Has there been anybody, any union representatives or anybody that has represented the workers to corporate saying, hey, you guys got to do something about this. You've got to get the customers back. You got to advocate for your employees to get us back to work, to prevent these layoffs from happening. Has that conversation happened? Yeah. So um, from the plant manager point of view, I know that they've done their best to at least keep some of us on but you know they can only do so much um the corporate created a plan like a marketing plan to try to revive all this uh with uh, i'm sure you've seen commercials out in the woods or out in the fields of you know that kind of stuff you know trying to bring that american theme but i think it's too late um it's not working our sales went up a little bit and they're back down so meaning this july fourth there's no work and, and that's got to be a weekend. that's got to be a busy time of year for bud light the and busiest. any beer yeah july 4th and you're telling me that there's really no plan to even ramp things up ahead of that very busy beer drinking weekend well they they can't because no one's ordering it so if, if there's no orders there's nothing to make and that's what we see is a decline in orders so uh, you know, if we have a warehouse that has a million pallets of beer and we're down to 200,000 on 4th of July, that's like apocalypse. Wow. So when they laid you off a couple of weeks ago, did they tell you that they planned to bring you back? Did they acknowledge that it's because of this unofficial boycott? What was that conversation like? Yes. I mean, they, they, they you know, they've been preparing us for this. Um and saying, look, the work isn't getting better. We're, we're not, we don't have as much work, as much orders. We can only hold you so much until we can lay, until we lay you off or furlough you or, you know, just not put you on the schedule. They're, they're doing different things for different people, depending on seniority and things of that nature. But it's 100% because of the situation, which they acknowledge. And they tell us, you know, once things ramp up, we'll start bringing everyone back in. Um, which is the hope because, you know, nobody wants to lose their job. But right. I mean, on one end, I, I agree with the boycotts because I, I have children and I see what's happening. But it it's we we suffer because we have uh, veterans that work there, American citizens, your neighbors, and we're losing our jobs. So it's a double edged sword. Like we want right. to support. But at the same time, I, I don't you know, 
<laughs> I lost my job. It's it's hard, you know, and that's the the part of this that I think is so hard for conservatives because we know that the workers are not responsible for this. We know that you guys have no blame on your shoulders for this. But what we're waiting for is for this company, for these executives to take some accountability for what they did and say, "Listen, we've always supported Pride. We apologize for having a partnership with a man who pretends to be a teenage girl to push beer on people. If they would acknowledge that explicitly, I firmly believe that all of this would be over because I don't think that the conservative base wants to boycott Bud Light forever. I think that there is forgiveness in our hearts and our pocketbooks, but we need that acknowledgement. So for you, who are you most angry at? Are you angry at the boycotters? Are you angry at your company? Are you angry at your union? I mean, you lost your job over this. This has got to be something that really burns your ass. I'm, I'm angry at the company at, in the corporate level just because they they had to have known this was going to happen, and they let it happen. I mean, unless no one was paying attention, I mean, you know, they planned for all this stuff. They have 100 people on staff that literally sit there and, monitor all this stuff so i'm pretty sure they had the conversation and somebody said all right let her rip and see what happens you know but right. as for why it's only speculation but you know from previous years and the way they try to take away the the way the company has run in the past to now it's not the same company it was when i started you right. know it, it was it was a it was a really good company i mean you can see the difference of American families working there to now it's just the bare bone, go to work, do your job, go home. And, you know, it's just not the same. Wow. From a company that wants to be woke and love everyone, they're actually treating their employees like crap even before this whole thing went down with Dylan Mulvaney. That's very, very interesting. And that's what happens when these American companies they cave and they get bought out. You never know what's going to happen. And unfortunately for you and for the rest of us, it's been incredibly detrimental to a brand that a lot of us have loved and supported over the years. I appreciate you being so open and so honest with me. I apologize to you for you having to go through this, for you having to be the collateral damage in all of this. I hope that they make an apology. I hope that they right their wrong and I hope that they bring you back and I hope that things are better for you. But God bless you and God bless all of your fellow employees and those that have been unfortunately laid off. Please let them know that you guys are part of the silent majority just like we are. And we got to let our voices be heard, but that we doesn't mean we don't feel for you and doesn't mean that we don't care about you and your families. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you so much. God, God bless. bless. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, the left is coming for your kids because the leftists already believe they belong to them. My final thoughts are next. They are coming for your kids, and if you don't believe me, just listen to these commies say it for themselves. It's time for Final Thoughts, powered by 4Patriots. The left is coming for your kids, and they're coming for them in more ways than one. The Democrats have proudly told us time and time again that they believe parental rights are laughable that parents having a say in the education of their own children is a far gone and antiquated notion, that parents with the intestinal fortitude to stand up for their rights anyway are akin to domestic terrorists and should have the weight of the FBI bearing down on them. For decades, the left has tried to get a hold of your kids, 
It used to be through subtle indoctrination in higher education, but when that wasn't enough, they set their sights on younger age brackets. Now you've got BLM, CRT, and LGBTQ indoctrination and brainwashing happening at every grade level. They want your kids reading and learning about gay sex. They want your kids entertained by grown men in dresses. And they want your kids changing genders without your knowledge or consent. They want you to believe, and more importantly, for your kids to believe, they belong to the system, the government, the collective. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. The White House doubled down on that message again this week with this pride post. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. And our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. LGBTQ Americans, especially children. The administration is working overtime to get to your kids. They want to drive a wedge in your families and insert themselves in the middle. This is the tactic they are taking, and it's sick. But this pride and gender-affirming crap isn't the only way they're asserting control over your kids and your rights. Here is a ranking member of the House Judiciary, Jerry Nadler, advocating for the forced masking of children. This clip is from yesterday, not three years ago in the height of COVID, yesterday. And when we have a pandemic, like COVID-19 pandemic that we had, two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that. These tyrants think they have the power to force mask your children, the real child abuse, and then they have the audacity to tell you, the child's parent, that if you allow your child to breathe freely, you are abusing your children. Just think about how sick and wrong that is. That's the Democrat Party, folks. And it's not just the weirdo green hairs or the drag queen strippers that are saying these kinds of things. These are mainstream establishment Democrats who are saying and believing and legislating these things. They've told us who they are for many years now, and it's time we start believing them. The 2024 election from local to state and all the way up the ladder to the White House should be about the economy and inflation and national security, but it should also be about parental rights. Vote accordingly. Those are my final thoughts. Powered by 4Patriots, the best high-quality survival products on the market. Use code TOMMY at checkout for 10% off. From Nashville, God bless and take care.